What's up, Ring? Pray, share, family, and friends, and Happy New Year to you all. We are back with another Bible study lesson, bringing in this year, 2022. We have a new vision series called Pace to become. But first, we're going to kick off the year talking about this word pace because we cannot become unless we pace. And Sean Pierce gives a beautiful message talking about this word pace and asking us who sets our pace. And he gives a great, great, beautiful biblical example of someone in the Bible who lived their life at a pace, God's pace, and was never in a rush and was still able to fulfill all that God had for him to do going at God's pace. So we hope and pray that after hearing this message that it resonates with you, that it empowers you and it challenges you to go at a pace in your life, God's pace, and you will still be able to become all that God has for you. Good morning, read, pray, share, man. I am super, super excited to be here with y'all another Saturday. Um, happy New Year to everyone. Uh, if you were on live last night, you know that it blessed us all. And I encourage everyone, if you weren't there, if you uh, had something else that you had to do, I encourage you all to go back and, and tune in and watch it um, and hear what Ham, Angie, and Shay um, had to share with us. And it's so funny. God is so intentional that some of the stuff y'all are sharing is falling right in line with what we are going to open up in this series uh, this week. And so I'm super, super excited about this series. Uh, this is our vision series for this year. And so we're going to begin this series. And this series is going to begin on this one word. And this one word is what we talked about at the end of last night. And it's pace. 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 And I believe strongly that this is the word that God put on my heart, on the leadership team's heart, that this is our word that we began with foundation the first year. Uh, this past year, we were buckled up. We were buckled up. We released control. We allowed God to drive the car. and We uh, went on the ride wherever he wants to take us, whatever he wanted us to do. Uh, we were buckled up for that. But this year, um, the word is pace. And I truly believe that that if we are going to be able to be the people that God has called us to be, if we are going to be able to do the things that God has called us to do, if we're going to uh, be able to walk fully in purpose and be able to do all that God has created us to do, that we are going to have to be at pace and not our the pace, not 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 the world's pace, but God's pace. And so as we open up this series, this first message is really um, just to identify some things, identify what pace have we been at, identify uh, who's been setting the pace, identify uh, what exactly is pace and, and, and how does it look in the Bible? What, what does pace actually look like in the word? And so as we open up, I want to open us up in prayer really quick. So if you will bow your head and close your eyes, we will pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for this new year, God. We thank you that you 
kept us, oh God, that you allowed us to be able to see another year, oh God, for this year wasn't promised, oh God, today wasn't promised, oh God, but your grace, your grace allowed us to be able to see it, oh God, to be able to fully have activity of our limbs, oh God, to have a roof over our head, clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, oh God, uh, food and finances, oh God, and we're just so grateful for just who you are, God, for your faithfulness, for your intentionality, Lord God, just how you love us, how you care for us, oh God. We're just so grateful, Lord God, because we truly don't deserve it, but it's by your grace that you allow for us to, to experience. It's by your love for us that you allow for us to experience, oh God. We're just so so grateful, so thankful, Lord God. We can't thank you enough, Lord God. If we had 10,000 tons, we couldn't thank you enough, Lord God, because you've just been that good, God. So we just come today, God, asking that you open up our hearts in our minds, oh God, to be able to take something from today, Lord God, be able to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and know that what you say to us is for us, oh God, and it should apply to our lives, oh God, and that we should change something, oh God, that something should be changed, something should be started, something should be uh, renewed, Lord God, once we leave here, God. So we're just so grateful, so thankful. Forgive us of our sins, known and unknown, continue to do a work in our hearts, transform us from the inside out. God, we just ask all this in your name, and God, I ask that you use me, Lord God, that you get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Lord God, that, Lord God, this does nothing but direct everyone back to you, Lord God, back to your word, back to your presence, back to the life that you called for us to live, Lord God, so we just honor you, we glorify your name, and we ask this all in your name, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so as we open this up, I really just want to start off with this question, with this question that we all have to sit back and kind of think about who sets your pace. Like, like who's been setting your pace? When I thought about this word, when this word pace came to me and I looked this word pace up, the word pace means a rate of movement or a rate of progress. Or I like this definition. The last one is, to walk with often slow or measured tread. That the pace of something, it's, it's, it's what we do every day. It's something that we've been doing all along, but the question comes, who has been setting our pace? Who's been setting the pace that we live life with? Who's been directing the pace that we've been living life with? Who's been changing the pace that we've been living. And when I think about this, I think about this and I answer the question for myself that oftentimes our pace has been set, my pace has been set by the world. But what, what's, what's going on in the world? What, what's, 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 what's happening in the world? What's, 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 what's popular right now? What's, what's in, 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 in the mood right now? What, what is the world saying the pace should be right now? And oftentimes that pace is busy. That pace is rushed. That pace is, 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 is flying by our wits ends. It's, it's doing everything that we think we should do because that's what it looks like should be done. And with this pace, this pace often leaves us having to come back to God to pray for better health because we're stressed. We have anxiety. We, we, we are going to the doctor because we don't know what's going on. Is something going on with my head? Is something going on with my mind, my body? Is we, it, it, it leaves us having to ask the question of what's wrong with me because of my pace. 
And so when God gave me this word of pace, I started thinking about this, like, Sean, what is your pace been? Has your pace been hindering you? Has your pace allowed you to not be able to fully walk into the things? Because if I'm moving so fast, how can I hear him? If I'm, if I'm always busy, I'm always tied up. I never had no time for him. How can I even know his pace? How can I know what I should be doing? How can I know where I should be going? How can I know his plan if my pace is built off of me and the world? If it's just busy, if it's just doing, if it's just going, if it's set by the world, how could I know his pace? And so when I was thinking about this and he gave me this word, I strongly feel that if we don't get the pace of God, we won't get to live the life that God has for us. If we don't get his pace, we won't get his purpose. We won't be able to truly fulfill his purpose without his pace. And so as a ministry, as we pray share, this year we are going to follow God's pace. In my individual life, I'm still working on this. I am seeking, getting intentional with God because I want his pace. And, and when we get to the scripture, when we look in the scripture at this example of truly somebody walking at God's pace, it just started revealing a lot to me about what comes with walking in God's pace. And so when I thought about if my pace has been setting, being set by the world, if it's being directed by the world, if it's being changed by the world, this is why this scripture from Romans chapter 12 and two tells us that, and do not conform to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on God's values and his ethnical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect, perfect in his plans and purpose for you. I wanna read that again. Do not conform any longer to the superficial values and the customs of the world. Because that's what we've been doing. We've been walking at a pace that's been set by the world. And so whatever pace we're walking at, whatever pace, whoever's setting the pace is the values and the customs, the behaviors that we will have to reap the benefit from. If we're always busy, we're always going, we're always moving, we're always rushed, we're, we never can, can see if God, if this is what you want me to do, or if this is where I should go, is this a job I should take? If I'm always rushed into going to do things, what comes from that is me having to experience the consequences from that. It's another scripture that came to mind, Proverbs 19, 2, it says, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? That if I don't know if God wants me to do this, if I don't have God's pace, if I don't have God's instruction, then what's going to happen? I will have hasty feet. I will have rushed and busy feet. I will have no type of direction, no type of, no type of 
of understanding what I should be doing, what pace I should have, and what does that cause me? It causes me to miss the way. So the scripture tells us that, listen, do not conform any longer to the world's pace, to the world's view, to the world's values of pace. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why, Paul? Why should I be transformed? Why should I be transformed by the Holy Spirit? Why should my mind be transformed, Paul? This is why. So that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, what God's pace is for your life. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Watch this last part. In his plans and purpose for you. That if we take the time today to get God's perspective on pace, to actually know that God sets the pace, that God changes the pace, that God directs the pace, if we allow ourselves to be changed in our mind by the Holy Spirit, what does that get us? It allows us to prove for ourselves what the will of God is, what God would have for us to do, the pace he would have for us to go at. Why? So that we will know that it is good and acceptable and perfect in his plans and purpose for us. So listen, this year, we are going to walk in God's pace. We are going to walk in God's pace. And as I started thinking about this, I started thinking about well, how do I show God's pace in scripture? How do I give God's pace? How do I give a picture of what God's pace looks like? And as I begin to think about this, the only thing that came to my mind is our example that we should all be striving to be like. We should all be striving to mature and walk like. And that's Jesus. And so when I started thinking about Jesus' life, I started thinking about the beginning, how we seen Jesus early on for a little split minute as he goes into the synagogue. We see Jesus when he's around 12 or 13. And then after that, we don't see Jesus again until 30. And from 30 to 33, we see all the things that Jesus did in three years, in three years that we are still taking time to analyze, discuss, to learn, to understand, to apply to our own life. He did all these things, these healings, these 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 uh, sermons. He did all of this, this this showing us how to live. He did all of these things in three years. That we are still studying. We are still the whole gospel. We are still looking at. We are still trying to understand. But as I looked at it, you never in the Bible, you never in the gospel see Jesus rushing. You, you never see Jesus running. You never see Jesus at a pace where nobody can catch him. Nobody can talk to him because he's moving so fast. He, he's not being able to be sick. You never see Jesus rushed. 
And so the title of this message is, if Jesus didn't rush, then why are we? That, that, that if Jesus never ran anywhere, if Jesus never was unavailable to be seen, you always could see Jesus walking. If he was never rushed, why are we? If Jesus completed his mission, he fulfilled what God, his father had told him to do in three years and never rushed. Why are we rushing? And that alone, that alone should give hope to all of us because all of us are sitting here like, man, I'm 20 this, I'm 25, 26, I'm 27, I'm 28, 29, I'm 30, I'm a little late, I should have been and done this, I should have been and had this, I should have been and then had the man, I should have been and had the woman, I should have had the money already, I should have had the job, I should have had the family, I should have had the big house, I should have had the big car, I should have had all these things. But yet, in three years, Jesus did everything without rushing. He did all that he came to do and never rushed. So that should let us know that you're not too late. What God wants to do through you is still available, it's, but it's going to require us to get at his pace. It's going to require us to truly seek and get intentional about his pace. Because it's in his pace that we can see purpose. It's in his pace that we can fulfill what he's called for us to do. It's in his pace that we can know the future. It's in his pace that we can learn and be able to live the life that he's called for us. It's in his pace. And so as we look through this scripture, I want to give you the points up. First, I want to give you the major points. I'm going to be making a little bit in between the scriptures, but I want to give you these three main points at the beginning of this message. And so the first point is this. God's pace doesn't just benefit us, but it benefits others. That, that getting into God's pace doesn't just benefit our lives, but it benefits others. The second point is God's pace is never rushed. God's pace, his pace that he sets for us, it's never rushed. It's in his time. It's in his, in, in his will when he wants it to happen. It's never rushed. And the last one is God's pace leads to purpose fulfilled. That God's pace leads to purpose fulfilled you in the text already you didn't even know my text and you're in the text and so listen today if, if we can turn together to luke chapter 8 luke chapter 8 beginning at verse 40 luke chapter 8 beginning at verse 40 and we're going to read this whole part of luke chapter 8 and and what i hope that the holy spirit reveals to y'all like he revealed to me is that this thing pace is so good that if we miss God's pace, we miss what he wants to do. In our, we miss all that he wants to do. We miss 
all the assignments. We miss all the purpose. We miss all the things that he wants to do in our life. So when we begin reading, it says in verse 40, it says, now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him, come to, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. And as Jesus was on the way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling at and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. 51, he says, when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the children's father and mother. And meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at, laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. And her parents astonished, were astonished. But he ordered them to tell, to not tell anyone what had happened. And so we look at this, we look at these scriptures and we see at the beginning that, that, that Jesus is, is, is walking. He's on his pace. He's moving. He's returned back to this place and a crowd is around him. And, and, and one thing that I wanted to put right here is even though the crowd is around him and, and pressing in on him, his pace never changes. That, that even though people are around him and people are probably throwing suggestions, giving him opinions, telling him what he should do, what he shouldn't do, telling him where he should go, how he should, his pace never changes that he still walks at the pace, even though people are around him, even though people are telling him what he shouldn't do, even though people are telling him what his job should be, even though people are doing all of this, his pace never changed. And may I submit that that, that has to be like us, that if it's not God changing the pace, it's not God telling us to stop and check and see who did this and go forth here, pray for them. And why is our pace? changing that if god isn't changing the pace why would we let anyone else change our pace and the second thing i get is when, when jairus comes to this to comes to jesus falls at his feet he's, he's pleading with god hey god can you come and heal my 
daughter. Now we have to think about Jairus. I'm not a father yet, but I have many nieces and nephews. And I can just imagine that if they were dying and Jesus was right here beside me, I seen Jesus and I, and, and I knew that I can go and fall at his feet and I can beg him to come. I can just imagine the, the, the urgency that Jairus had, that he was he was wanting Jesus to come on. Jesus, come on, Harry, my daughter is dying. I don't, we don't have time. Let's go. Come on. Change your pace, God. We need to get there. My daughter is dying. Change your pace. Come on. I can just imagine Jairus' urgency of wanting to see his daughter healed. But Jesus doesn't change his pace. But this is what I this is what I got in this though that sometimes we won't understand the pace that God has for us in our life. We won't understand why he's telling us to walk this way, why he's telling us to do this, why he wants us in this season to slow down a little bit, why he wants us to press up a little bit. We may not understand, but we must trust his pace. And so Jesus is walking and this man is pleading with him, hey, Jesus, can you come and heal my daughter? And Jesus says, yes, let's go. Let's begin this journey. Let's, let's continue on this pace. And as they're walking, Jesus' pace is set so much that while they're walking, a lady that has been hemorrhaging, that has been bleeding for 12 years, while they're walking to another destination at Jesus' pace, still has the ability to reach out and touch him and receive her healing. That Jesus' his pace is so set that even though he's going somewhere else, an assignment that God had for him to heal this lady could still be done. And this is where my first point comes that being at God's pace just doesn't benefit us. That there may be time where Jesus, where, where God wants to do something, where Holy Spirit wants you to do something while you're going. But if you're not at his pace, you, move, you miss his assignment to do what he's called for you to do. If Jesus said, you know what? I'm going at my pace. I feel like I want to go heal this girl and I feel like she needs to be healed a little faster. So I'm just going to choose God. I know that you want me to just walk at your pace. I know you gave me this assignment. I know that you want me to do this, but I'm going at my pace. God, he misses the assignment of healing this lady that's had been bleeding for 12 years. So our pace, being at God's pace, just doesn't benefit us. But catch this, it allows God to use us in moments where we didn't even know that we were going to be used. Jesus didn't know that the lady was behind him. And we see that because he asked, who touched me? Who was it that just touched me? And in a crowd of people, Peter and them were like, Jesus, we don't know. You see all these people around you. Like, what you mean? Who touched you? And Jesus like, no, I know somebody touched me because I know some power just left out of me. So who touched me? And this lady says, I did. It was me. She's, she's telling him why I did. I've been bleeding for, and when I touched you, I was healed. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And what we have to catch from this little short part right here is 
God's pace does not just benefit us, but it allows him to use us even on the way. Even on the way to do what he's called for us to do, even on the way to go to the job, even on the way to do all the things that he's called for us to do, to go back to school, even on the way to fulfilling your true purpose. If you're at his pace, he can still use you even on the way. And I submit that a lot of times in my life when I was thinking about this and I was recalling moments in my life where I was at my pace, missing God's assignments, that I knew that he told me to stop Stop on the side of the road, get out, go get that man some money that's in your wallet. But because I was so rushed, I couldn't stop. God, maybe tomorrow. God, maybe maybe on the way back, he's still there. How many of us have said that? Well, if he's still there on the way back, I'd give it to him. Uh -oh. And I know that God told me to do this. I know he's put it on my heart. I know he put it on my heart to stop, make a phone call to somebody, and pray for him. I know that he's told me to do this or that. But because I was rushed, I missed out on the time to be a blessing to someone else and also to be obedient because I was outside of his pace. I was outside of his pace. And this brings me to my next point that God's pace is never rushed. His pace is perfect. What did, the, what did the scripture tell us? That if we get our minds renewed, that we will be able to prove to ourselves the will of God, what he has for our life, the pace that he has for us, that is good, perfect, and pleasing. And that puts us right in his plans and for our purposes. But if I'm outside of his pace and I'm rushing, I'm just trying to do it all that I want to do. I'm trying to get it how I want to get it. I miss out on being used by the one that I pray and say, God, would you just use me? I pray, God, would you just, would you allow me to be used like them? But I'm rushed and he can't. And so I want to stop right here because this word rushed, I, I, I really want to, ask this question because I had to ask myself this this morning. Why are you rushed? Why, what's making you be so rushed? Is it the fear of something? Are you scared that you're not going to get somewhere in the time that you feel is best for you? Do you feel like if you're not married by this time that you won't be able to have the kids that God has put on you? Are you do you feel like if you don't have the job at this time that you're not gonna, are you scared? Are you afraid of something? Why are you rushing? Do you feel like God's plans just ain't coming at the right time? Like why are we have to ask ourselves, what is the rush for? Are you trying to please someone? Are you trying to do it so that you can get the love from someone that you never, like why are we rushing? And it's key that we identify where the rush, what's the reason for the rush, because if we don't figure out what's the reason for the rush, we'll continue to do it because we won't think it's a problem. 
If we don't figure out that we're just a little bit, we're just insecure a little bit, that's why we continue to rush. If we don't realize that we're just trying to please people, if we don't figure out why we're rushing, we will continue to rush because we don't think it's an issue. God's pace, his pace is never rushed. It's on time. His pace is always on time. Jesus being obedient and walking at the pace that God, his father has placed for him to do, to walk. That pace was on time for this woman that had tried everything, that had been to every doctor, spent all her money, that has been bleeding for 12 years. His obedience at walking at God's pace blessed her. It blessed her. His obedience of walking at, not letting the people around him, not letting the next assignment change his pace. That alone allowed a woman that has been bleeding for 12 years, searching every, everywhere for healing, to get through a crowd, to touch him, to be healed. God's pace is never rushed. It's never rushed. And as we continue reading this and we get to the part where it says, while Jesus is still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And hearing, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. Now we have to go back and think about this. Don't forget about Jairus. Jairus is still, he's still here. He's still, my daughter needs healing. Like I know, I see that, that, that she needs to be healed too, but my daughter needs, can we speed this up? Can we just continue? Can we just go? Like you're stopping talking and I just told you my daughter is about to die. What are you doing? And yet and still, what is Jesus' response? God has set my pace. If you would just believe, if you would believe that what God has told me to do, the purpose that he's given me, the assignment that he's given me, if you would believe that his pace will still lead to fulfillment, your daughter will be healed. Still, it's still going to happen. Not in your time and not how you think it should, not, not, not how you imagined it, not how you think, not based off of your thoughts, off of what, when you think it should happen, but if you would trust God's pace and you would trust who God is, yet and still, if you believe, your daughter will be healed. So as we keep going through this, it says while Jesus, uh, um, when he arrived at the house of, Jer uh, of, of, of Jairus, it says Jesus did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning 
for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. And, and I didn't even think about this, but it popped out to me that it matters who's walking with you. That in order, if we're going to walk at God's pace and we are going to have a community, we're going to have people around us that are committed to seeing us walk at God's pace, that is not trying to change our pace, that's not trying to, 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 to tell us what we should be doing, that's opposite of what God said, that's not trying to deter us from where God has put us to walk. It is going to be important that who we walk with is also committed to not just walking at their pace, but allowing me to walk at mine. That just because it doesn't look how it looks, we never read in here that Peter says, uh, don't worry about it, Jesus, we just might want to turn around because you're probably dead. No, because if that was the case, Jesus wouldn't have left him in the room either, but he did. He said, you know what, everybody stay out, but Peter, John, and James and her parents, come on. So it's going to matter who we're allowing to walk with us. Because my pace cannot be deterred because you feel like this looks better over there. My pace cannot be changed because you feel like I can get to the destination faster going this route. My pace cannot be changed because you feel like he or she would be a better option. My pace cannot be changed. And if you want to change my pace, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't love you, but you can't walk with me. Because my pace is going to help me fulfill my purpose in the way that God wants me to. The pace that God has given me, the pace that he set for me in this moment is going to help me to get to the destination, to where God has for me to go, to become in the way that he has for me to do so. And lastly, this last point for the day that God's pace, his pace, if we trust, if we believe his pace, that it leads to purpose fulfilled. That we see at the beginning of this of, of this verse that Jesus' assignment at this time was he agrees, he says, Yes, I will go to your house and heal your daughter. Let's begin. In the midst of that, he heals someone else. It seems as if he's taken too long. It seems as if his timing isn't good enough. It seems as if his pace isn't set at the right pace, that he is not moving fast enough to get to the place to fulfill his purpose, to fulfill his assignment. It seems as if you're too late. Just go home. She's dead. Don't worry about it. But we see at the end of this that trusting God's pace leads to assignments and purposes fulfilled. If we continue reading, it says that, meanwhile, after the people were wailing and mourning for her, stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at it. They laughed at it. They laughed at it. Can I submit to you that some people may laugh at your peace? 
They may laugh at how slow you may be going. They may laugh at how intentional you are with your pace. Well, let's keep reading. What does it say? It says 54. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned at once. She stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Moving at God's pace still allowed Jesus to complete his assignment and see purpose, see what he was called to do be fulfilled. So I just want to end right here and just simply ask us, are we going to walk at God's pace? Are we going to trust the pace that God has for us? Are we going to get intentional and be committed and obey the pace that he has for us to see the full fulfillment of why we are here? Are we going to truly be okay with others' pace being a little different? Are we gonna be okay with just knowing that God has plans for me like he has for them? Are we gonna be okay with knowing that we're gonna have to still live in the world but not follow the pace of the world? Are we gonna be okay with just knowing that some people may not understand your pace, they may not know the pace that God has given you, they may not understand it, but are we still gonna believe and know that if God said it, then this is what I'm doing. That if this is the pace that he set for me, then this is the pace that I'm going. And until he changes or moves this pace, this is me. And so my prayer is that this word was, was, was received and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Jordan to come back on and, and uh, um, give the invitation and then we'll open up for discussion. So if you're by your hand, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you first and foremost. God, we thank you for your pace. We thank you that you have allowed us to be able to have a picture, to have an example in your son of what it looks like to walk at your pace. God, we are coming to you, Lord God, humbly, Lord God, asking that you would allow us to get intentional, allow us to get committed, allow us to have a heart to obey your pace. Allow us to uh, break down this wall of what the pace used to be, who used to set the pace. And allow this on today to be a message to bring us closer to you. To allow us to want to know your pace, to want to, to want to walk with you, to want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to want to, to want to be led and be guided and be 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 enabled and, and 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 be able to walk this walk in the way that you called for us to walk in. God, we're trusting you. God, we believe that if we would just come to you and get intentional, that you will show us the pace that you have for our lives. God, forgive us of our sins and continue to do a work in our hearts, transforming us from the inside out. And we ask this all in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.